0: Alright folks, I got a special one for you guys today. I'm going to read from this book called The Encyclopedia of Volcanoes, 2nd edition. By Haraldur Sigurdsson, Graduate School of Oceanography, University of Rhode Island, and Bruce... Anyways, the Encyclopedia of Volcanoes, alright, yeah, let me, uh, just read and (coughs) you'll see, alright, this chapter is on the history of ideas about the generation of magma within the earth, the root cause of all volcanic phenomena. It is a process that results in the transport of material and heat from depth to the surface of our planet. It would seem logical that the history of ideas on melting in the earth would be synonymous with the, with the history of classical volcanology. This is not the case, however, because up to the mid-1970s, volcanology was essentially a descriptive endeavor up until the mid-1970's wow, Devoted primarily to the geomorphology of volcanic landforms, geography of volcanic regions, and the chronology of eruptions. Until recently, volcanologists have shown little insight as to the physical processes of volcanic action and often ignored the causes of the melting processes that lead to the formation of magma. Volcanology thus became a descriptive field Lacking rigor on the fringes of science It is now timely to redefine modern vo- Sorry folks Fucking idiots in California Okay Volcanology thus became a descriptive field lacking rigor on the fringes of science. It is now timely to redefine modern volcanology as the science that deals with the generation of magma, its transport, and the shallow level or surface processes that result from from its intrusion and eruption. Modern volcanology is, however, highly interdisciplinary and draws widely from diverse geoscience subspecialties. That's cool man. I like that. The process the processes that bring about melting in the earth yep some more idiots sorry yep. The processes that bring about melting in the earth had been discovered by physicists in the mid 19th century, but due to the bifurcation of scientific fields, volcanologists were on the whole ignorant of these findings of the early natural philosophers or geophysicists and continue to pursue a descriptive approach to surface features without acquiring an understanding of the fundamental processes at work deep in the earth. This is why I think personally that volcanologists and shamans should work together, because in my personal opinion, Genesis is about a volcano creating an island, Exodus is about a volcano going off causing the ten plagues, and and thus, everyone getting fucked fuck out of there is Exodus. Um, Book of Job, chapter 38. Then the Lord spoke. Revelations. All this uh, fire, mountain, lightning, thunder, voice. All this imagery. Um, brim- fire and brimstone. Sodom and Gomorrah. It's like... It's all... <laughs> volcanoes our own bible, our own fucking western judeo-christian background, western civilization that all these fuckers say it's built on, well, I'm telling you, the, sha- the bible is about shamans, <laughs> because the bible is stories that were stolen from paganism, animism, basically nature worship, basically go look up these naga sadhus in India, they have the biggest holy day gathering on this planet. The largest, the Naga Sadhus of India. I would say, Jesus, I I think, Jesus, if anything, Jesus was one of these Sadhus from India, because these fuckers have been around since over five thousand years. Okay. So this is what I'm saying. The crazy yogis, sadhus, motherfuckers who lived up in the caves, in the volcanoes, in the mountains, they, the shamans, they could hear the voice of God. They could hear and communicate with the spirits and the spirit realm. That's what the shamans did. They would heal the the people, their community. They were the guides, the doctors, the leaders. It's all in epic poetry. Because shamans write poetry. That's how they remember all these interactions with God in the spirit realm. This is how they know. This is why Jesus said, put, cast your net on that side. Because he knew. He knew where the fish were because he was a fucking shaman. (laughs) Go look up these Naga Sadhus of India. Dreaded. Naked. Naked. Wearing ash as their only clothes, holding a trident, Sh- fucking Shiva worshippers. <laughs> in-, in Korea, they have this cuss word called Shiba the Seki. Shiba Seki, meaning Shiba is almost like fuck, fucking fucker fucker's seki, like, child of a fucker, you're, basically, like, it's like, motherfucker, like, you know, like, Europe, yeah, so, it's like, if you think about it, (laughs) I view Shiva as little Wayne, little Wayne is the Shiva archetype right now, man, A volcano is nothing but a fucking Shiva-linga, man. Alright, let me continue. The beginnings. In prehistoric times, opportunities to discover fire and to observe heat abounded in the natural world. Lightning strikes ignited fires in the primeval forest or on arid, grassy plains. Volcanic eruptions and lava flows threw forth showers of glowing sparks and incandescent heat. Most likely these were the sources our early ancestors borrowed from, carefully nurturing the fires they kindled, for their sources were only fickle and local. And local. All right, you you wanna you wanna hear another secret? I think I think this one is pretty interesting. So the the Korean flag with the red and blue theme going on, yin yang theme. So to me, I interpret that as lava and water. Okay, and and then if you think of the color and the temperature, red and blue, it's 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 (laughs) that cinematography right there, man. That's red and blue, man. That's cinematography right there. Color balance. Opposites. Complementary. Alright, anyways. um, Most likely, these were the sources our early ancestors borrowed from, carefully nurturing the fires they kindled, for their sources were only fickle and local. With fire at their command, humans could venture into new realms of cold and dark into polar terrain and mountain caves. Our knowledge of human precursors and early humans is intimately linked with volcanic eruptions. It is because of the excellent preservation of fossils in volcanic deposits that paleoanthropologists have begun to unravel the mystery of human origins. Most of the oldest remains of early man come from volcanic uh, regions in Africa and Indonesia, And the association of volcanic activity with these fossils is no mere coincidence. Another interesting fact is that one of the oldest volcanoes ever in history is, guess from where? Ethiopia volcano. Okay, I'm gonna Google it. Okay. Okay. So, the 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 main one. I think this is the main one, if I'm not mistaken. But it's basically the one that is like a lava lake all the time. And if you if you if you look up videos on YouTube, it's uh, and the and the narrative describing it. All right. So there's this show. Okay. Let me let me find the volcano first. I think it's. Erta Ale Volcano Erta Ale E-R-T-A-A-L-E um, And also this one episode from the show BBC Planet Volcano So the show is BBC Planet a perfect planet and series one and this episode is called it's called volcano it's it's by bbc1 um if you're lucky you might find it on youtube um i might include the link down below but but yeah just 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 do all your research on volcanoes and And all these stories, even Hawaii. Hawaii has a goddess who is called Pele, and she's a volcano. And just go look up her history. (laughs) It's, I'm telling you guys, it's, it's. Okay, let me just continue reading. All right. Most of the oldest remains of early man come from volcanic regions in Africa and Indonesia. Indonesia, the biggest motherfucker was Krakatoa. Look up that volcano, man. Shit. Look up, look up documentaries on that volcano. Krakatoa on, 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 on YouTube. It'll blow your mind. Okay. And the association of volcanic activity with these fossils is no mere coincidence. The most logical explanation for their relative abundance and good preservation in such environments is that the bones were rapidly covered by volcanic dis- deposits. So you know all those bodies they found in Pompeii and shit under the you know, volcanic ash. So it's like that made me think of that verse. Uh, I, you are the, or what was it? You are the Potter. I am the clay. <laughs> I'm putting images in your minds, guys. That's all I'm trying to do. All right. Um, Roman, just as the Roman cities of Pompeii and Herculaneum, Herculaneum were instantly buried by the eruption of Vesuvius in AD seventy nine and preserved virtually intact to our day, so have early, so have earlier volcanic deposits sealed in the remains and fragile artifacts of our more distant ancestors, preserving them for millions of years. The stunning discovery of the 3.7 million year old Australopithecus hominid footprint footprints crisscrossing a volcanic ash deposit at Leo Toli in the East African Rift is a graphic testament of the power of preservation by volcanic ashfall. It's interesting that Okay, Volcan- it's interesting that, you know, we do cremation and then people people go and spread that dust into nature and whatnot, you know, so it's like, it's interesting, it's, it's so, like the imagery, the whole process is so deep in our subconscious, man. Alright, volcanic deposits also contain minerals that can conveniently be dated by measuring The decay of radioactive isotopes of potassium and argon, a method that that has enabled the dating of fossil remains of the oldest human, Homo habilis, at Olduvai as 1.75 million years old. A similar setting in the African rift at Hadar, in Ethiopia has yielded fossils of the possible human precursor. Austra, Australopithecus af, af, afarensis, Permitting its dating at 3.5 million years, volcanic stone is the earliest known material used in the creation of tools by genus Homo. The earliest stone artifacts are about 2.5 million years old, implements made from lava found on the shore of Lake Turkana in East Africa. Following their humble beginnings as toolmakers with the fashioning of these crude cores, early humans gradually improved the techniques of working stone into flakes, choppers, hand axes, cleavers, and finally delicate obsidian stone blades in the upper Paleolithic. More mundane materials such as pumice and volcanic ash have been used for nearly nearly 3,000 years in making cement. Mm -hmm. A mixture of volcanic ash and lime produces very durable and water-resistant hydraulic cement. Volcanoes were also a principal source of sulfur. It's interesting because... uh, Sometimes in California, your water has that, your tap water can have that smell of methane or, like, sulfur. Alright, um... Early on, people realized that sulfur burns with a strange and sputtering flame, giving off an evil-smelling and choking vapor. Probably the first uses for sulfur were to kill insects and to bleach wool, feathers, and fur. Homer knew of its fumigation property, praised it the pest-averting sulfur, and Ulysses called out quickly, "Bring fire that I may burn sulfur and cure all of cure and the cure of all ills." Hmm, interesting. Over the centuries the burning of a sulfur candle was a house cleaning ritual. Interesting, following a case of contagious disease in the home. Makes me think of the priests in the cathedrals, so when they, you know, sway that thing back and forth that smokes up the whole cathedral, I wonder if back in the day that was sulfur. All right, um, sulfur features in Egyptian prescriptions of the 16th century BC and Pliny the Elder describes its medicinal, industrial, and artisan uses in his Historia Naturalis, AD 77. The Romans also found a new application in warfare for the sulfur they mined in Sicily. By mixing it with tar, rosin, and bitumen. bitumen, they produced the first incendiary weapon. Maybe I should not have included that. Okay. <laughs> Chapter 3. The Legends and Hell. Tonight. For tonight. Eat. What, what was the thing? Eat hearty. men. For tonight we dine in hell. Okay. This one is... This is what I'm talking about, Guys. Lava is, or hell is nothing but a literal lava lake. Alright. Volcanic eruptions, the most spectacular and awe-inspiring of natural phenomena, have throughout history inspired religious worship and led to the creation of myths. Even in the 20th century, these responses can be observed when a volcano erupts. James Hutton, regarded by many as the father of geology, was in 1788 the first to attempt to explode the myth associated with volcanic eruptions. In Hutton's view, a volcano is not made on purpose to frighten superstitious people into fits of piety and devotion, nor to overwhelm devoted cities with destruction. A volcano should be considered as a spiracle to the subterranean furnace in order to prevent the unnecessary elevation of land and fatal effects of earthquakes, and we may rest assured that they in general wisely answer the end of their intention without being in themselves an end for which nature has exerted such amazing power and excellent contrivance. Alright, I might go through this list of uh, eruptions through history. Historic eruptions. Um, Thera, Santorini, 1650 BC. One of the largest explosive eruptions on Earth may have contributed to the decline of Minoan civilization. Vesuvius, AD 79 First major historical eruption to occur within range of major cities First eruption to be documented by an eyewitness Etna, 1669 Major lava flow event with widespread destruction in Catania from lavas Lakagigar 1783 Largest lava flow eruption on Earth. Catastrophic impact on Iceland. Population from haze produced by volcanic gas emission. Asama, 1783. Local devastation from pyroclastic flows. Country wide impact in Japan from climate effects. Tambora, 1815. Largest historic volcanic eruption on Earth. Hist- highest eruption column. 43 kilometers Global sulfuric acid aerosol Causes global climate change Largest known death toll Of over 92,000 people This is what I'm saying The whole story of Joseph In Egypt Going to Egypt and all this shit Yeah, probably because the volcano went off Then you have famine and all this bullshit So that then you have to go Where, you know, they have food Alright Um uh, Krakatoa, 1883. Uh, first large eruption of the modern age. Severe impact and death toll from tidal waves. Tsunami. Mount Pele, 1902. This is the Hawaii. Hawaii. Uh, the classic example of a small eruption causing severe loss of life. The beginning of the study of pyroclastic flow and surge processes. Paracutan, 1943 The birth and growth of a new volcano Observed Can you believe that shit? This was the first time that we Ever got to do that At least at least In, in modern times 1943 Jeez, man Bezzy Miani 1956 One of the highest known eruption columns In a historic event 42 kilometers um nineteen sixty-three best evidence of magma water interaction during explosive eruption. Alright, so if you if you look up these these volcano video videos of these underwater volcano explosions, that's that's where they got Godzilla from. That type of explosion produces this you know the the metal shavings and, and a magnet when they all stand up. It's like yeah, that's it's like sound waves, like literally. You know, remember back in the day, Windows Media Player or Winamp. You had the fucking the sound wave static bar or whatever going up and down. It's like, yeah, what when go watch those underwater volcano video explosion videos, and it's like that's what it looks like. All right, anyways. Mount St. Helens, 1980. <laughs> First major eruption to be monitored intensively with modern technology. So, the Mount St. Helens, the, um, oh my god, I'm completely blanking on the, the crater, the, the, oh my god, apparently, basically, they're saying the, the crater is way bigger than that. Than what they had thought it was. Alright. El Chichón, El Chichon. 1982. Most widespread pyroclastic surges from a historic explosive event. Nevado del Ruiz. 1985. God damn. That's like Another example of a small eruption causing severe loss of life. Tragic example of lack of hazard mitigation measures. Pinatubo, 1991, largest eruption of the 20th century, major societal impact in Philippines, important global atmospheric effects. That's what I'm saying, if a volcano goes off over here on this side of the planet, and let's say spews out all this tons of ash... It doesn't matter if the volcano is on the one side of this planet. Let's say the it, all that ash goes up onto this like one level of the sky where the jet stream air currents meet, and apparently those, once the ash gets in into the jet streams, it can go. It can travel for thousands of miles, dude. And yeah, it could affect. This is that I'm saying? Just just watch any doc. Just go watch fucking volca, volcano documentaries or. YouTube, the USGS, US Geological Services, they, on their channel, on YouTube. Go watch all their fucking sh- videos, man. They got good shit, man. All right. Primitive people the world over have long believed that volcanoes were inhabited by deities or demons that were highly temperamental, dangerous, and unpredictable. Sounds like Yahweh. I am a jealous God. <laughs> like, God. All right. To appease the capricious gods, this is what I'm saying, man. Fucking yeah, man. Go read some of the Old Testament shit about what Yahweh asked fucking yeah, his Israelite motherfuckers to do for him or her, whatever. It's like, go, go, circumcise your enemies and bring me back their foreskins. What? <laughs> Who the fuck translated this shit? Or who the fuck rewrote this shit? Because look, man. This is what I'll say. When you look at translation, and you look at humans, the problem with translations is half the time, us human translators are projecting our worldview, our perspective into, into whatever we're trying to translate. So by the time... All these stories about shamans doing the cra- doing these crazy things with volcanoes and whatever. By the time this shit gets to like King James and his scribes, read read King James version of of, of the Bible. That's that's like a complete different fucking book, man. That's that's Game of Thrones right there, man. Jesus Christ, man. All right. Um. Okay, so let me go back to appease the capricious gods, humans have for centuries made the ultimate sacrifice. Remember Abraham taking Isaac? Thus, the Mayans, Aztecs, and Incas offered humans to their volcanoes. Nicaraguans long believed that their dangerous volcano, Coseguna Coseguina, would stay quiet only if a child were thrown into the crater every twenty four years and i will also say in europe during the dark ages they were burning all these witches hmm where were they burning them in even in the story of samson they burn samson's wife with 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 uh her family her her dad's family it's very interesting man like okay Similarly, young women were thrown into the crater of Masaya Volcano in Nicaragua to appease the fire, until recently people on Java sacrificed humans on Bromo Volcano and still throw live chickens into the crater once a year. People living near the feared volcanoes of Nyamuragira and Nyaragongo in Central Africa annually sacrificed Ten of their finest warriors to the to the cruel volcano god, Nudadagora. Da, Nuda Remember the animated movie the Road to El Dorado? Mm-hmm. The all those all those uh, uh, athletes that the let's say the evil shaman was trying to sacrifice to the volcano god. Yeah. Go watch these movies again with these fresh pair of sunglasses. Volcano glasses. (laughs) Alright. To those who were skeptical of such rites and pointed out that earlier sacrifices had failed to prevent or stop an eruption, the believers have countered with the argument that things would have been much worse without the sacrifice. This movie also makes me think of the movie The Mist. One of the best movies in history is called The Shawshank Redemption, directed by I forget the director's name, but the same guy directed the movie called The Mist. If you if if you if you I'm going to go rewatch that movie now cuz that movie is basically it's the same it's the same story. Sacrificing your loved ones for to whoever to this. Yeah well <laughs> Yeah it's a good movie Alright <sighs> The Aztec Also there, there's a story in the Bible Where this one king Had to like Promise something to another king About his daughter Or, or, or no, This one king promi- or Promised the other king That he would give him whatever Or sacrifice whatever that you know was asked of him and then like they asked to sacrifice his like one and only daughter or something like that, or his favorite daughter or something like that, and and yet and he had to go through with it. It's like it's like the whole thing with drawing lots or casting lots, where did that come from? Well the fucker with the short end gets thrown into the volcano or kicked off the ship. Alright. The Aztec people named the volcanoes surrounding the Valley of Mexico after their gods, Popocatepetl, and oh, I wonder if that's where we get caterpillar because it looks like lava. Okay. Popocatepetl and Iztaccíhuatl, Iztaccíhuatl or Taki Tasi? Lying to the east of the valley, were worshipped as deities linked to a beautiful love story. When Popocatapetl, Smoking Mountain, Smoking Mountain, okay, so that's what that means, Smoking Mountain, returned victorious from war to claim his beloved. His enemies sent word ahead that he had been killed, and the princess, Iztatakihuatl, Sleeping Woman, this made me think of the movie Sleeping Beauty. Died of grief. Popo Katipetol then built two great mountains. On one he placed the body of Istaquatil, on the other he stands eternally holding her funeral torch. Interesting. Volcanic eruptions featured high in Greek mythology which abounds with allusions to volcanoes associating them with such gods as Pluto, Persephone, Vulcan, and the fearsome Typhon. The idea that volcanic activity represents the stirrings of the Titans, giants imprisoned in the earth, goes back to the classical time of the Greeks. The mythical association of volcanic eruptions with battles between the Olympics olympian gods and the titans is very likely to date back to pre-classical antiquity the greeks saw the titans as huge man creatures born of the earth to attack the gods confined under various volcanic regions their appearance on the land or in the air seemed the the logical precursor to a volcanic eruption. The most awe-inspiring of all the Greek monsters was Typhon, the firstborn of Gaia, Mother Earth, and Zeus. He was the largest monster that ever lived. His arms, when spread out, reached a hundred leagues. Fire flashed from his eyes, and flaming rocks hurtled from his mouth. Fire and brimstone, Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> like... Job chapter 38 Revelations It's like Angry fire god Yeah Okay Volcano His arms went Okay yes 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 Even the gods of Olympus Fled in Terror At his sight Typhon rebelled against the gods And even opposed Zeus Then hurled Mount Etna at him Trapping the frightful creature Under the mountain. When Typhon was thus imprisoned under Etna, a hundred dragons' heads sprang from his shoulders with eyes that erupted flames, a black tongue and a terrible voice. It's like Smog saying Step into the light (laughs) All right. Each time Typhon stirs or rolls over in his prison, Etna growls and the earth quakes with eruptions and veils of smoke covering the sky. The Hades of the Greeks and Romans made an easy transformation into the hell of the early Christians, described in the Bible as a place with an eternal fire that shall never be quenched St. Augustine spoke of hell as containing a lake of fire and brimstone yeah I'm, my thing is Ethiopia has one of the oldest known uh, records of of, 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 of of a volcano exploding and also they have the oldest records of Christianity and for them Mary and Jesus was black okay all this sounds very much like somebody got a hand on this information and basically changed the story I mean, there's the verse in the Bible and it says, and then uh, death and Hades was thrown into the lake of fire well, I thought Hades was supposed to be hell and what the, what the fuck what the fuck is death? It says then death and Hades was thrown into the lake of fire. If the lake of fire is a lava volcano is is basically a little literal lava lake, what the fuck is death and Hades? Okay. By the Middle Ages, hell had taken on great importance with most scholars convinced that it was a real and fiery place. One place most often cited as the gateway to hell was Mount Etna volcano in Sicily, and sailing to Sicily became a euphemism for going to hell. (laughs) Okay, Um, let me see. Okay, let me continue. This 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 book is very interesting. The Encyclopedia of Volcanoes. Um, 4. Wind in the Earth The earliest known ideas on the cause of volcanic eruptions date to the Greek natural philosophers of the 5th century BC. Anaxagoras proposed that eruptions were caused by great winds stored inside the Earth. When these winds were forced through narrow passages or, or emerged from openings in the Earth's crust, the friction between the compressed air and the surrounding rocks generated great heat, leading to melting of the rocks and the formation of magma. Kind of sounds like breathing for humans. Breathing, like when we breathe. Okay. Um, to anyone who has observed an explosive volcanic eruption, this is a perfect, perfectly logical idea, one that in fact has taken... Was taken up by Aristotle and passed on by scholars until the Middle Ages. Aristotle, 384 to 322 B.C., discussed the origin of earthquakes, attributing the same or similar origin of origin for volcanic eruptions. The Earth, he wrote in in the Meteorolo, Meteorologica, possesses its own in, internal fire which generates wind inside the earth by acting on trapped air and moisture, leading to earthquakes and volcanic eruptions. He even makes a comparison with human anatomy in discussing the effect of the internal wind, for we must suppose that the wind in the earth has effects similar to those of the wind in our bodies whose force, when it is pent up inside us, can cause tremors and throbbings. Hmm. Aristotle thought that the heat associated with volcanic eruptions was generated by friction produced when the wind moved rapidly through restrictions within the earth. This makes me think of, like, in India, the... The little uh, clay ovens where they fan the clay on the bottom to make it hotter. Hmm. Well, what the fuck is. F- I mean, because cause apparently the magma chambers on the inside of the volcano do lead to like. Underground tunnels and stuff like that That may flow out into the sea So that's how you get these underground tunnels From like castles and shit I think Okay so um, Okay let's see Where was I mm-hmm. Aristotle thought Okay Okay. The fire within the earth can only be due to the air becoming inflamed by the shock when it is violently separated into the minutest fragments what takes place in the Lepari Isles affords an additional proof that the winds circulate, circulate underneath the earth hmm, interesting really I didn't even know all this shit what takes place in the Lepari Isles I'm gonna have to look that up now Alright, um... The identification of volcanic activity with wind and fire by the early Greeks follows logically from actual observations of a volcanic eruption. Also, I'll bring it back to the... uh... to... The Naga Sadhus Or even Varanasi Or even Diwali Anything With fire symbolism Like The fire Releasing the fire lanterns Into the sky It's like Hmm All this fire symbolism Now we can point back To one One place Yeah And also All the places Where these prophets Would like Rip their clothes And And put Smear themselves with ash Yeah Go watch Any videos on these Naga sadhus in India These I'm telling you man Go Find out what They are all about And their philosophy And why they do what they do Jesus was a homeless man dude Jesus was a hobo Anyways The most striking phenomena are first The explosive uprush of hot gases Or wind from the earth through the crater Then the incandescent red hot glow of molten rock Giving the appearance of fire It was on the basis of these phenomena that Aristotle postulated a vast store of pent-up wind within the earth, which generated friction and high heat and found its escape in volcanoes. After all, the Platonic view was that heat is a kind of motion. Mm -hmm. Aristotle's concept of volcanism is thus Firmly rooted in his ideas about The capacity of motion To generate heat As stated in his Meteor- Meteor- Logica*, We see that motion can raref- Rarefy and Inflame air So that for example objects in motion Are often found to melt This theory which dates in fact To his predecessors Anaxagoras, Plato And Democritus Plato Hmm. was remarkably long-lived and had adherence well into the 16th century. Alright, where are we at now? 44. Let me see, do I want to read another chapter? I guess I could finish this. Well, actually, no. Here, let me do this. This, I, I thought this was interesting. So, volcanoes In art, volcanoes in literature and film, volcanoes and tourism, volcanic soils. I'm telling you, man, volcanoes, ancient people. Okay, let me do volcanoes in art. Let me just read this part. Volcanoes in art, okay. Let me do volcanoes in literature and film, alright. The beauty and power of erupting volcanoes, as well as the often tragic outcomes of violent eruptions, have long inspired writers and filmmakers. Alright, so that, um, there's this one show called, uh, Life on Fire, and it's fucking narrated narrated by Scar. (laughs) It's fucking brilliant. It's about volcanoes. Okay. The fictitious Mount Doom is probably one of the most famous volcanoes in the world. In 1954, the British philologist and writer (coughs) J.R.R. Tolkien completed his three-volume work entitled The Lord of the Rings. The novel set the stage for modern fantasy. The novel set the stage for modern fantasy literature and featured as one of the central and key elements the volcano Mount Doom or Oro Druin Mountain of Red Flame Pyra means Red Flame Mid means Mound, Middle, Mound, Earth Pyra Mid, Pyra Mid it's Mountain of Red Flame Volcano this trilogy is one of The most popular works of fiction in the 20th century and has been named the book of the millennium by many critics and readers. The Orodrin Volcano in Mordor was the destination of the Fellowship of the Ring in the quest to destroy the One Ring, leading to the climax of a long and complex epic struggle. You know, Smeagol, in the end, Smeagol went down into the lava, Terminator 2 Judgment Day... I'll be back while he went down in the lava... I mean, not lava. um, Okay, yeah. This Tolkien tale became the source of an enormously successful film film trilogy. Yes, we know. Uh, Okay, let's see. Let's just repeat it. Okay. 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 The roots of the tale created by Tolkien lie in Germanic and Old Norse mythology and the Icelandic sagas. When Tolkien... Okay, there's that one um, famous epic of... What was it? Uh, Finland? It's... uh... I think that one's talking about volcanoes. I think Beowulf is talking about volcanoes. I think, um, that's what I'm saying, go go, go! read some of these old epic poems again, I think there's a volcano involved. Anyways, um, uh, when Tolkien graduated from university in 1915, he had the old Norse language as a special subject, and later he became professor of Anglo-Saxon at Oxford. Damn, Really? In old Norse mythology, as in The Fellowship of the Ring, the idea of of Ragnarok or Armageddon is a central theme which gives much scope for heroes battling the monsters at the center of the earth. Mount Doom Volcano thus literally becomes a scene of the crack of doom when the announcement of the last day is made. Yeah, this is the same as Revelations. And, and Johnny Cash, the man comes around. The Ring of Fire. It's all there, man. The fateful ring could only be destroyed by throwing it into the red-hot, churning magma pool in the crack of doom. <laughs> the fissure at the mouth of Mount Doom Volcano. I will make you fissures of men. I mean, uh, yeah. As a result of Tolkien's writings... And the successful film trilogy, Mount Doom, has become the universal icon or at least the stereotype of an erupting volcano with the general public world, worldwide. The fame of Mount Doom has now spread even beyond Earth and to other worlds. Also, uh, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, Kalima, and, you know, interesting. It's, it was inside a volcano. Alright. Uh, as a as a as a result of Tolkien's writings and the successful film trilogy Mount Doom has become okay read that. the fame of Mount Doom has now planetary scientists have given this name also to a volcano on Titan Doom Mons I think I think Titan is a moon on in Ju- on is one of Jupiter's moons I think okay volcanoes are terrifying sublime and awesome and their eruptions represent the ultimate exterminator. I'll be back. It is therefore natural that they have been frequently used in literature and film, both as a metaphor and as a plot device. I would suggest the gun, the idea of gun, came from a cannon, which came probably came from a volcano. Um... It is therefore natural that they have been frequent, okay, in metaphor plot device, yeah, one of the main things, one of the simplest things is uh, putting, introducing a gun in a scenario, okay, or introducing a, you know, a a something that will explode in in a situation that... The audience knows, but the 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 character in the movie, the hero, might not know. So it builds up tension. So all these things are symbolic of yeah, okay. Of death. <laughs> um, it is therefore natural, blah blah. It is therefore natural that they have been frequently used in film, both as a metaphor and as a plot device. And one of the better if lesser known novels gentlemen in england 1985 the is it raining the potency implied by erupting volcanoes what the fuck is it raining okay interesting um, the potency implied by erupting volcanoes allows the Victorian volcanologist to win over the younger woman he is courting. <laughs> of course, in the most famous volcano film, Rossellini's Stromboli, 1950. It's an Italian movie. Uh, I think it's on IMDb, IMDb TV for free. All right. Uh, the erupting. Volcano is used as an image of the despair felt by the young bride, unwelcome and trapped in a foreign society on a tiny island. This chapter reviews several. Okay, blah blah blah. Let me see. That that was literature and film. Let me see. Ancient peoples. Okay. <laughs> Where are we at? Let's see. Where are we at? Fifty-two. Mm, let me see. What do I want to finish on? Volcanoes and art. Did I read this one? No. Volcanoes create the most beautiful landscapes in the world. No one who has viewed the symmetry of Fuji Volcano in Japan will forget its aesthetic profile defined by a perfect catenary curve. Volcanic mountains are associated with a great geologic process which has resulted in the construction of a fascinating variety of of landforms, but the spectacle of volcanoes goes far beyond their pleasing landscape form. Their eruptions are exciting and thrilling because they are dangerous and exceed all natural catastrophes known to man in their explosive release of energy. They are without doubt the most spectacular natural phenomenon witnessed by humans. In terms of the cultural, I love that smell of rain, you know? Okay. The cultural in terms of the cultural context of the nineteenth century, volcanic eruptions are sublime. It's interesting. This this book puts that word in bold and this is in two separate chapters. I wonder why they keep saying sublime. Okay, I'm a (laughs) I mean I like the band. Okay. Invoking an expression of terror, awe, fascination, and savage beauty. They are also among the most stunning of visual phenomena as they display an overabundance of fire light energy and terror on the grandest scale i agree man go watch some of these volcano explosion videos on youtube in slow motion dude the, like there's crazy man they have all kinds of fucking footage like at night slow motion drone footage like it's fucking crazy dude just go watch these videos man it's volcanoes or they will leave you mesmerized okay all right Um, It is therefore not surprising that volcanic eruptions have been a subject for landscape artists in the Western world from the 16th century to our time. Similarly, because of their purity of form and mythological significance, volcanoes have also featured prominently in Oriental art, particularly in the treatment of Japanese landscape pioneered by Hokusai in the early 19th century. I'll tell you those guys that famous painting by hokusai the famous wave painting i was always drawn to that okay and and um, i never really thought about that picture too much that that little mountain in that painting in the back is mount fuji which is a volcano like i did i didn't I didn't realize what I was looking at until all this shit, man. (laughs) Until all this shit came to me. And those waves are huge because it's probably a tsunami. Alright, anyways. Um, This chapter discusses, discusses the artist's vision of volcanic eruptions and painting from the earliest examples to our time. The topic is vast in scope, and only few examples of the principal and better known works can be given here. Okay. This list has over 90 different works of art listed, uh, let me see, man that's a lot. Um, where are we at? Yeah I think I'm uh, ending right there just do your research on volcanoes look up I mean if you want to I think um I think we might need to do our homework on how this planet works at least because um because it does not look good people so I would rather be prepared and nothing happened then, then not. So, yeah, be safe. Do your homework. Do your research. Don't believe a word I say. Do not believe a word I say. Do your own fucking research. Alright? Anyways, stay safe. Uh, peace. Talk to you later, bye.